Well, you are in for it now. We're going to do some summer psalms. We're going to dig into some things that deal with the life that we're living in this world that we are uh, exposed to daily and may not even realize it. So one of the big draws in life is safety and security. You want to know your money's safe, put it in the bank, in the mattress, whatever you're doing with it, and uh, all you got to do is look around and see, oh, the value of that money that I've been saving is now less than it was not long ago. And so how secure is that? And safety, well, I'm, you know, I only want to take medicine, I know it's safe. I only want to uh, drive a car that's safe. I, I, I put locks on the doors of my house because I want to be safe. And now security systems and cameras and all those things because security is important, safety is important, and we are going to make sure that we are part of this uh, incredible world where we can live our lives as comfortably as possible with all of those things being worked out. And we live in a world in which those things are threats, and therefore we are drawn to the safety and security side of things. And we are impacted by things more than the physical world that we seemingly are more concerned about. There is a lot going on in in an unseen realm, the spiritual world, that impacts all of those things. Our safety and security is really beyond just what we see. I mean, it's great. We have OSHA and safety first and all of those things that we say, and we can do something physically about many of those things. There's a whole different level of things that are going on in the world around us. And I was reading some of the articles around some of the recent shootings, just the random of those in some cases somebody's been thinking like thoughts that that would indicate that they were interested in shooting people you get that you go okay somebody's mind is twisted I read the father's report on on this recent one and he said he had just talked to his son the day before about the other shootings and how horrible he thought that was and cowardly that somebody would go out and just randomly start shooting people. You go, really? Because the next day he did it. What is happening in the world that would lead people in a direction like that to think one, one day that is just horrible, the next day start pulling the trigger? Something's going on in the world. And then people are... are devastated people are their lives are taken families are missing family members and and people feel unsafe in public square so we're looking at some some safety and security and we're going to pick this up here so this is Jesus is with his friends or not yet with his friends they're in a boat in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. They are rowing like crazy. And we got a number of fishermen, these are professionals, who know the water. But the storm has come up, a storm that is just holding them. 
and they are scared. And they're trying to get off the water or get across the water, which was the intent. They've been doing this for hours. And they're not getting ahead. And they look out on the water, and here comes Jesus just walking across. They go, well, that seems weird. They thought that had to be a ghost. And then he gets closer, and they realize, no, it's, it's the Lord, and he's just out for strolling on the, in the middle of this stormy weather and walking across. And Peter gets out of the boat because he, he's Peter, and he thinks, I just need to, I need to do that. That looks really cool. Jesus has him come, but once he gets out on the water, he looks around and, you know, the story, he looks at the storm, and once he's distracted by the storm, he sinks. Jesus reaches in and pulls him out of the water and gets him on the boat. As soon as they're in the boat, bam, the boat heads for shore. And it's all about how Jesus can bring peace, and, and when we keep our eyes on him, we've, we can do impossible things, just amazing things. Now, you look at that story, and we're 2,000 years removed from that. So, obviously, that's a great story. And in our minds, depending on where we are in this, our understanding or our, our acceptance of such weird things, we go, it's a nice story. It's fictional. Maybe that happened then. Doesn't happen now. I've been out to the lake, never walked across it. So, you know, that's not, this, that's not happening these days. So we put that in that, isn't that nice kind of category? Isn't that nice? Isn't that cute? Isn't Jesus something? And we leave it there. Except there are people who in recent times, in, in different parts of the world, just trying to help other people, and they go out and they hit a raging river. And that river is up, and it looks dangerous, and it's just roaring by. And in this one account, these people walk up to the river, and they're not familiar. They just know that they have to get to the other side because there's, there are people over there that they need to get to to bring some supplies and message of Jesus and some other things that were important to get over there as soon as possible. So they looked around, and they thought, well, this... Maybe this is a good crossing point, even though the water is moving and all that. So they stepped into it and go, yeah, it's only a couple inches deep. We can shoot. We can go there. So they walk across the river and they go to the other side. There are some people, local people, who watch that and they go, how in the world did you do that? That water is deep. And they just walked across. They had no idea that it was deep. They didn't know they were walking on water. They just walked on water. And went and did what they had to do. Another group ran into a similar situation, and they've got to get across. And there are uh, people watching this thing and asking them, well, "How did you? How did you do that? How did you get across the river when no one else can can get across the river?" And again, the response was, "We didn't know. We didn't know we were walking on water." So it would be kind of cool to know that you're doing some of these things. What is it in us that says all of those things that we discover about God, the amazing, incredible things about God, are something for another time, 
another place, another people, but disconnected from everything we live in, everything we know. It's out there, far away, not here with us. So here's uh, part of the problem is not getting to see or not seeing that the, the issue with the spiritual realm is that there are enemy gods, not just enemy people, enemy nations, enemy evils that exist out there, but, but entities that exist and are opposed to us. So here's this opposition that exists. And if we're, you know, we're contemporary, modern, scientific, and we're smarter than all this, so we leave it behind, push it to the side. It's fiction, it's nice, it's clever. But it's taking people down. So there are these evil entities, gods with a small g that the Old Testament talks about, and they're causing problems. So we have people who are facing just, you know, look around your own house, your own family, people you know in your community. And see if there are any problems. Anybody having issues? Any difficulties? Anything that rises up and you think, why would they do that? Why would they think that way? Why would they do the things they have done? Or why have I done the things I have done? Where is that drive? Where is that coming from in my life or in their lives? Well, there's help. And we have a tendency toward it anyway. But then there's help. So there's a distraction from the things of God. We get busy. It can be distraction that is drawing us to it, that is just doing bad stuff, not understanding how the world works or what God's trying to do. So distraction from that. It can be success. Things go so well, make enough money, I'm busy, I got stuff. So now all my stuff takes my attention, I'm distracted, I'm not doing the things God wants me to do. It can be desires, want to climb a ladder if you're at that point in life or maybe you want to fix every, everybody in your family so you have a desire to do that and you got all this wisdom that you need to impart and, and people, there's these drives that are forcing us to command, demand and that's coming down on people. We've got divisions People aren't getting along. They don't find happiness in each other. They don't find joy in, the, in the, their home, in their day-to-day lives. And all of those things are just breaking down. There's division and there's death. And there's death of relationships. So it can, it can just be brokenness between friends or divorce in a marriage. It can be uh, death of goodness. Isaiah mentions that when we start calling evil good and good evil. And that, that death that happens with that, it can be uh, physical. And we just, things happen in our lives and, and, and now we're suffering as a result of that. So the unseen realm with these beings, these entities who are opposed to our good are playing a role in all of that. It doesn't mean that we don't, again, participate. But often these things are going on. 
And because of our tendency in a modern world to fictionalize those things, we don't give it any regard. But God does. And God says, I have so much more for you. If you get hold of the things I'm trying to offer you and listen to what I'm saying to you, I can offer you some help. And you can, at one level, just understand what's going on. On another, it may help you just in life, day-to-day life, getting ready for eternal life. All of it, and he wants to participate, he wants to provide some help with that. So we're going to look at protection in Psalm 91. So Psalm 91 is addressed to these issues. And when you read it, you may not pick up all of the extra areas that this is touching on. So I will try to highlight those as we go through it. But you will see what God is offering and his idea of what it means to be safe and secure. It goes far beyond anything available to us in this world. And he is looking beyond what the visible can present to us, way beyond the things that we can control ourselves. So this is, this is God giving us some, some real hope, real help. Psalm 91, experiencing God. Psalm 91, 1, we're going to walk through this. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Nice poetic way to begin this. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And, you know, if you live in a desert area, and if you've been walking around in this 100-degree heat in the sun, you recognize the value of a shadow. To get in the shade, to cool off, you go, wow, that is nice. God is protecting. He wants to give protection to his people. So he will provide this shadow. And it's those who live in the shelter of the Most High. Don't go by that too quickly. The things I've just described that are distracting, causing division, leading to death, that's because somebody, and it can be God's people, said, you know what, I think I can do this on my own, outside of his shelter. You know, that sounds good, but really, he doesn't understand my, my situation. My life is so complicated, so I better take care of this. And I'll take care of it for the other people. And I'll tell them how they need to do it. That's how we get all kinds of yelling and screaming and hand gestures when you're driving down the road. Other people want to help you. So here's this offer of the living God to to provide shelter. No safer place. And people say no to what his offer is. But this is where it's safe. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High. What if I don't live in the shelter of the Most High? Then get ready for some things to come your way. Things that you will not like. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. A safe place is a person. Psalm 91, verse 2. This I declare about the Lord. He alone, he alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. Trust him. Trust him with what? 
life, finances, decisions, health. Nope, I only trust my doctor who never gets it wrong and always has the answer. Uh Uh-huh. Y'all keep doing that. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God. Not other gods, not other people, not me. He is my God. And I trust him. Trust him. That's where you go when you think, that, that person has my back. That, that's someone I can go to with my deepest, most embarrassing problems. The one that I can share my greatest fears with. I can, I can be real with that person. I can trust them. Y'all have a lot of those people in your life. Because that's what God does. He's safe, and he can be trusted. In verse 3, God is greater, for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Now, this is where the switch begins to happen. Some of what the translators have done is to make sense of the gods, the names of gods that are listed in Psalm 91. So in order to do that, they have made this make sense to, you know, people on the street. And so for us, you don't want to know that there is a God of disease. And we don't live in a world where we typically know the God of disease. We don't think of the God of disease. We just think deadly disease, antibiotics. There's got to be a treat, some way to treat this. So, no, what this is talking about is an evil entity opposed to people's health. And what we are being told in this psalm is, God will rescue you from every trap and protect you from that God of disease. Who will he help? the one who lives in the Almighty, the Most High. Well, what about just random people? Because I get mad at God because he just did not come through. Really? Or was he not trusted? Was he not the one that someone was turning to? Was where they found rest in the shadow of the Almighty? I hear it all, this, this happens at funerals. Funerals I attend, because I don't, I don't do this to, to uh, others when I do funerals, but when I've attended funerals, I just want to hit the minister typically, because they will make some kind of a statement about a dead person, because that's why you go to the funeral. So that dead person I'm looking here, because it's often where we have people, and they're not moving much, they're just right here. So... They'll have a funeral and make statements about, oh, they're a champion for Christ. Really? Because did they darken the door of the church? Was that because the, they came to church kind of thing? No, they really didn't do that. Were they leaning on the Lord for truth and understanding how they were living in the world and they treated people, other people, with dignity and with love and, and they were giving 
No, not, no. No, they were pretty much consumed with themselves and what they were doing. So why are we calling them a champion of Christ? And often the, the word depends on which kind of church you go to. But they'll, this disciple of Jesus. Nothing about Jesus there. Because that person never lived that way. So why are we saying that now? In this last moment. As though that's some kind of positive thing. And this person actually followed Christ. And most of the troubles in their lives are because. They didn't live in the shelter of the Most High. That was the problem. But now that we're doing the funeral, we're just going to lie to everybody. And you go, okay, so if that's the bar, that guy, that woman, that person right there is the bar, how low can you go? And we're going to, that, yeah, that's it. And we're going to say that is a champion, which normally you think, well, on the podium, that, isn't that the one at the top? Bar is high. No, we're going to say the champion is the lowest bar. See the problem? Something's missing in the midst of that. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. The God of deadly disease. Who is out to get you. Who wants to destroy you. Who wants to take you out who doesn't want you to live a healthy life for you to be safe and secure. He wants to take it away from you. And, and get you to be distracted with your health is another really good thing. Anybody just obsess over your doctor's appointments and what medicines you're taking? And, and how, well, if I, if I don't feel good on this day, uh, then I have a right to come down and yell and scream and... Any, any, you all running anybody like that? Yeah. Why? Well, sometimes, I mean, besides our own tendencies, we have help from invisible sources who say, you know, I think I know a way to divide this family. I'm going to make a grumpy person. I'm going to let them obsess about their health. And they will become miserable to live with. And then who's going to stand by their side? Who's going to want to help? Who's going to want to offer them a kind word? Hmm. But he will rescue you. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High. He will rescue you from every trap. Protect you from that evil. Lifespan, nine, uh, Psalm 91.4, He will cover you with His feathers. He will shelter you with His wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. He wants to come alongside and make sure that you are taken care of. The image of that bird protecting its young is the idea. Safe and secure, because God is offering that knows exactly what you need. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. That's the armor all. This is the real one. Psalm 91.4. So he's going to offer that for those who will come close to him. He will shelter you with his wings. Attacks are coming. Verse 5. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrows that fly in the day. Uh, we're getting the terrors... And the arrow, but those are gods that are being represented by these things that happen. The terror of the night, and 
people say, well, I have night terrors, uh, nightmares. I have, uh, there are things, paralysis. People will sleep paralysis. Things are happening. You go, well, where does that come from? Sometimes it's a psychological thing. It can be some, you know, bad burritos and scary movies and all those kind of things that enter in. And then there are times when there really is something under the bed and something in the closet and something that is terrifying that individual. And sometimes in those stories of the sleep paralysis, those people see the pressure that is on their chest and they are being immobilized by a being, an entity, most of the time invisible, but then at sometimes they can see this creature on them, holding them down, and they can't breathe, they can't move, they can't do anything. And often they'll just yell out, help me, Jesus. And then suddenly this thing goes, and they can move, and they can breathe. Sleep terrors, things that come in the night, the arrows that come by day, trying to strike you, trying to take you down. We're told in Ephesians 6 that we need a shield of faith to deal with the arrows of the enemy that are coming from all kinds of directions to cause us to fear, to cause us to lash out at other people, to do things that are just nuts. And if we slow down long enough and think about it, we would not do. So think about the things you see in the news. And there are people who do things they would normally not do. A mother who takes her three children, drives them into the lake, and they all drown. That makes sense. Do mothers do that? Where does that come from? Well, she just had a mental break. Yeah, could have been. Maybe that was it. And it may be there was an arrow that was flying by day. And it got to her and it killed her three kids. No, because we are too scientific to accept it. And the longer we go with that, the longer they get away with it. Because their greatest trick is to pretend like they're not there or to get you to believe they are not there. And yet God is saying, hey, so I'm going to deliver you and I'm going to deliver you from them so you don't have to be afraid because those who live in the shelter of the Most High, I'm going to cover with my wings and keep them safe. I'm going to protect them from those evil gods, small g gods that are around in this world They're not everywhere present like God is, but there are enough of them around to cause trouble. Go beyond dread, verse 6. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Again, dealing with those gods that are bringing those things, and the diseases that we face sometimes are not just a physical thing you can look at in a microscope. They're not brought on by the same kind of thing. And these, not that those aren't stirred up as well, they can be used by these, these entities as well, but we are not to dread that, we're not to be afraid of the terrors of the night, and we are to be able to walk into this world every day with confidence because we trust in the Lord, because we've drawn near to Him, because He's covering us with His wings. We are in His shadow, the shadow of the Almighty, living differently than others. Though a thousand fall at your side, 
though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Verse 7. Oh, wow. So people are, are being exposed to some things that these beings are bringing, and they're taking people out. They're affecting people all around. And God's promises are such that I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to protect you in the midst of this, this horrible thing. Does that mean every disease, every plague, everything comes? No, because not all of them are caused by these beings. So they're, you know, we're humans, we're living in a broken world, stuff happens. But this is dealing with a supernatural reality. And God's saying, I've got a, I've got hope for you. I've got help for you. And even if a thousand fall, and you see them all around you, I'm going to take care of you. These evils will not touch you. That's pretty exciting. Verse 8, friends of darkness. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. The wicked are those who are turning against God, pushing him away, saying, we don't want anything to do with you. We want to do our thing, our way. Whatever you're offering is not okay with us. We just want to go do what we want to do, the way we want to do it. And God says, I'm just letting them run their course. Just look at what happens in their life. They expose themselves to all of these evils, the evil entities that exist, They have no shadow of the Almighty. They're not covered by God's wings. They are just saying, nope, I just want to go out there in the midst of all of this, and I'll take care of myself. And there are people who claim that God is real who do exactly the same thing and then wonder, I don't understand why I'm struggling with this or why this happened. Or why these hardships are, are, are coming my way. Or why we're not getting along. Why isn't it great at our house? Why don't we just find joy in being together? Why is it... And you go, hmm. How are the wicked punished? God just lets you go do your thing. And the consequences come falling down. And it happens everywhere. All the time. And God says, it doesn't have to be that way. Just come. Come. Live in the shelter of the Most High. Verse 9. 9 through 11. Protection. If you make the Lord your refuge, and you've got the if word right there, if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, No evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. He's talking about those gods, the gods of plagues, the gods who are coming to take you apart, to distract you, to destroy you, to destroy whatever it is, if you're living for the Lord, whatever you're doing to represent him. They want to come and take that apart. And he's saying, no, I'm going to send angels, messengers, they are also the un, in the unseen realm. They are God's protectors that he sends, and they are on duty, they're available, and he sends them to you. And he's got mighty angels to take care of these evil entities and to change things so that you're not being drugged into the, their stuff. And we've got enough, just human stuff. 
You throw this in on top, it's like, whoa. He will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They just ride in the car, go ahead of you, keep the semi from running into you. And think about all the times, I mean, just think about times when things have gone badly. Fell off your bike, broke your leg. You had an accident in a vehicle. Somebody T-boned you at an intersection. It fell off a ladder. You just come up with all these, <clears throat> excuse me, all these things that people come, have experienced and you think about in life. And if we had everybody write it down, you'd have a page full, maybe two, and some people maybe three. So you got pages of all of these horrible, horrible things that have happened. And if I gave you stacks and stacks of yellow pads where you could write down all of the things that didn't happen, you couldn't remember probably a half dozen. And yet God has kept you from more accidents, from falling off more ladders, from having satellites fall on your head. All of these things that God has already provided and kept you from, does he get credit for it? No. I broke my leg. Where was God? The 1,500 other times you were stupid, you didn't break a leg. Well, huh. Well, that probably applies to the church behind us, not, not here. <laughs> Overcoming. Psalm 91, 12 through 13. They will hold you up with their hands, these angels. So you won't even... Hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. He's talking about real cobras and, well, that is coming when he gets back. But that's not what he's dealing with here. We're told by Peter that Satan is a lion, a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. So this unseen entity, evil entity, is out to take out God's people, which is why Peter's giving us that bit of information. So there, he's, he's running around like this roaring lion. So if you've ever watched a nature documentary, and they've got this bunch of antelope running along, and the lions are coming because it's dinner time. Do they catch the one in front? The one in the group? No. They get that one who's like distracted. Well, I'm going to munch over here a minute or I'm going to slow down. And they're not keeping up. That's who gets eaten. What if you decide, ah, you know, this really spending time with God thing... That takes a lot of work. I could run hard and fast, or I could just meander and go look at the flowers over here, munch on this, and the lions are looking for someone to devour. Guess who gets devoured? And it happens all the time. Peter was right, and he should know. He got caught up in that himself. You run slow, run alone, you're inattentive, you're not spiritually engaged, unconcerned. 
Who's the lion going to find? Who will be devoured? And we're getting a heads up. There are angels available. God sends his angels for those who are drawing near to him, who are in the shelter of the Most High, and he will protect us so that we overcome. And they won't even get hurt. And we'll trample the lions. Trample the serpents. That's what God offers. Overcoming. Benefits, verse 14. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. Those who are drawing near to him, loving him means listening to him and doing what he says, who love him, trust in his name, who, who know that his reputation is such that he is trustworthy, he is faithful, he follows through, he's going to do what he said, and he's going to provide for us exactly what we need at any given time in this life and the next. I will protect those who trust in my name. That's huge. Because all around us is turmoil, chaos. And it's being brought by enemies who want to destroy everything that God has done. He wants to take people out. And things that just don't even make sense. And just logically you go, that, why would anyone do that? Why is it that the Jewish nation, Jewish people, are so hated just by general folks? Just around the world. It doesn't even have to be Middle Eastern. It can just be random folks in New York. You just pick a group of people, people in Europe. And it's been that way for centuries. Now, why would they do that? You meet them, you know, it's just like another group of people. They don't have two heads, most of them. And it's just, what is it that causes great hatred towards a whole group of people? Where would that come from? Where would illogical hatred come from. And we do it to groups. We do it to individuals sometimes, people at work, uh, basketball teams. I mean, you can just pick, pick things. And you just, where does all that come from? There are evil entities. If we don't have it in ourselves already, they will add to it to make sure that we go that direction. And God's saying, I want to take you away from that. You don't have to be that way. I want you to love people. Remember, that's what Jesus came and said. Yeah. Take care of each other. We can do better. Dwell in the shelter of the Most High. So much better. Those who protect, those who trust in my name, I will protect. Real relationship, verse 15. When they call on me, I will answer. Who is he talking to? Those who live in the shelter of the Most High. I will re- or answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. Not only does he pull us out of whatever trouble we're in, he's going to honor us. He's not going to embarrass us. He's not going to put us down. He's not going to. Well, you just. You know, I can't believe you got in that kind of trouble again. Nope, he's going to rescue and honor. All of this is so incredible. When they call on me, I will answer. 
But we, we can read through these psalms and go, well, you know, whether I'm walking with the Lord or listening to him or doing what he says, I don't really trust him, but I want him to fix this thing because it's driving me nuts. So I'm going to just pray, and he should fix it. If he gets it fixed in the next two or three days, we're good. If not, mm, but those who live in the shelter of the Most High, and they call on him. How close would they be if they're in the shelter of the Most High? Right there. They're with him. They call on him. It's like simpatico. Their hearts are beating the same. They, they understand what God's trying to do. The battle that's raging. And they enter in. And they go, I, you know, I want to do what you want me to do. I want to do what's right. I want to do what's loving. I want to be part of what is good. Rewards, verse 16. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Well, yeah. By the time you get to the New Testament, you find out, oh, that's everlasting life. I get to, this, this is like I'm entering into this salvation. I'm delivered from the darkness, delivered from the evil entities. They won't have a hold on me. I can be free. I can live it in this life. I begin it here. And I continue to live it for all time. This is pretty good. That's a reward. That's not too bad a deal. Protection. Protection. So we've talked about Psalm 91, and we've looked at all of these things, and we've found that uh, there's some issues. We need to walk with the Lord. We need to be living in the shelter of the Most High. We need to draw near. There are entities who are opposing us and you can spot these things too just living in the world there are times when thoughts come to your mind you go where did that come from weird thoughts some of them you follow with some of them you don't but it's just you know just why would i think that why would that even come to mind now you know the enemies of darkness are alive and well they seek to divide distract and to destroy you and those in your life, your family, your community, your church, wherever you are. Being under God's protection is safe and secure. So, trust God with all of it. The finances that are going upside down, all the prices on everything jumping, borders wide open, diseases are rampant, you go, huh, where are you going to go? You can turn to the government, good luck. You can look to your neighbors, and hopefully they're walking with the Lord and in the, living in the shelter of the Almighty, and you've got some help, encouragement. You can turn to the Lord and those who are walking with him, and there's this whole, there are angels involved in this. Angels become part of what you are doing so they can help you in the battle. And the more you turn to him and listen to him and love him, the more he straightens out your thinking so that you can see the things that are coming from outside. You can listen to the news and go, oh, that whole movement over there just happened because one of these evil entities is at work in some way in those people's lives. What should we do about that? Well, we should pray because he says, we can do that, turn to him, he will answer, and we can make a difference in someone's life 
around the world, the other side of the world, someone in dire straits, and they are being impacted by an evil entity, what do they need to fight that? Antibacterial, I don't know, wear a mask. How are you going to fight the evil entity? Turn to him. Call on him. He will work. He will help us. He will help them. Trust God because he is at work in many, many ways. Psalm 91. Let's pray. Father, thank you for protecting us. For the hope of protection if we've been wandering around on our own, but if we draw near to you, live, Lord, in the shelter of the Most High, then, Lord, you are with us, and you will send your angels to protect us. Help us to be aware of the enemy that is around us. Help us to overcome, to crush the roaring lions and the serpents that seek us harm. Lord, that these entities will not gain a foothold in our lives, in our families, in our communities, in this church. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.